to the I Am Northbound podcast. podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. What's up, y'all? How you doing? And welcome to the second little clip of I Am Northbound Extra. <laughs> I said I'd never do that again, but why do I feel so much like I want to do it each, each time I uh, do the podcast? Well, anyway, this is the Stacker Mom, and I'm away on holidays at the moment. Thanks so much for dealing with, uh, to, for putting up with that. This is why I'm giving you this episode. I am Northbound Extra, um, and I'm going to give you access to one of the audiobook chapters from the Four Dimensional Songwriter: How to Dominate the New Music Industry. Uh, it's from the Personality Dimension, which is the second of the four. And uh, it's talking about why you need to care about, uh, you, you know, you have to care about every single person that comes to your show. And I got a really cool little story about what when one time when we were on tour, where you could see the importance of this uh, blatantly clear. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this and I'll see you very soon. Chapter three, treat every listener with unconditional respect. If your music journey is fueled by the idea of making a difference in the lives of your listeners and not by the pursuit of fame, your potential becomes limitless. A creative that is motivated by fame chooses to walk a lonely and endless path. Their obsession with paper-thin popularity will cause them to mentally judge and compare their own endeavors, releases, and accolades with those of others which forces them to define each day as a win or a loss. Sadly, both of these outcomes lead to the same disappointing result. If they don't receive the opportunities that another artist did, they will write it off as a loss and will feel unmotivated and hopeless, which will amount to a whole lot of time wasted. Time they could have used to complete tasks that would have benefited their music career instead. Even if this aforementioned fame chaser notices that their outcome was better than that of their competition, they will still lose. It's this type of thinking that invites an overconfident and egotistical attitude which will make a music artist feel as though they have earned time off to relax. By letting this mindset stick around, they have unknowingly chosen to halt their own progress. No amount of fame will ever make you feel fulfilled. You just can't afford to allow it to motivate you. Its toxicity will prevent you from moving forward. I want you to imagine that you are about to go on stage to perform. As you walk up the side stage stairs and look out to the audience, you notice that there is barely anyone in the crowd. Now, I don't want to specify how much effort you have put into the promotion of this show in this example, as the outcome will ultimately be the same. Some artists will spend all month promoting their shows, while others will feel as though they already have a big enough pull in their scene to not have to advertise as hard to get their desired audience to attend. Both of these types of music artists could end up at the same toxic mindset for different reasons. Regardless of which category you fall into, if you were to look out and see a near empty room, how would you feel? Would you be disappointed? It's fine if you would. In fact, I would say that would be the natural reaction for most. Any music artist that had intended to fill a venue would be disappointed if that goal was not met, and I would assume that you would be no different. There is no problem with feeling disappointed in poor results. It's what you do next that is important. I would see this every now and then on tour. We drive 10 hours in a sweaty van with a few other bands to play a show on the other side of the country, but the show wouldn't be promoted correctly and barely anyone would attend. 
I would often hear bands ask one another if the front doors had opened yet, assuming that the crowds of people who are ready to watch the performance must be lined up outside. But unfortunately, in circumstances like this, that wasn't the case. Any music artist performing that night would be playing directly to the sound man, the other bands, their partners, and a small group of committed attendees that happened to see one of the posters that were put up around town. It became clear that we had driven hundreds of kilometers to perform to a handful of local spectators. This situation would cause a division in the attitudes of the bands that were playing. In moments like this, an artist's true motivations become blatantly obvious. Those who were driven by fame would give a half-hearted set and apathetically play through their songs, visually disappointed in the less-than-desired turnout. They would play their performance as if it were a race and would avoid as much audience engagement as possible. Their focus was solely on getting their show over and done with so they could retire to the bar and begin their night out. I have even witnessed bands voice their frustration at the lack of a turnout to those that did attend. These fame chasers seem to think that there is no point in putting effort into a performance if there isn't a big enough crowd there to watch it. This type of music artist never lasts in this industry. These fame chasers failed to realize that although they cared about how many people they were performing to, the crowd didn't. If they took a moment to think about it, they would have realized that directing their disappointment at those that did show up was a bad idea. These audience members spent their hard-earned money on a ticket to watch a great live performance. They couldn't care less about how many other people came. They've shown their support and want to have a great night listening to bands they like. To put in that kind of effort for a band and be given an apathetic performance in return is offensive, but to have a band member tell you that your support wasn't impressive enough to meet their standards is a slap to the face. I remember when I used to be on the road quite a bit. Many bands, who I later realized were fame chasers, were very particular about the cities and towns they chose to play in. They would say that capital cities were the best to perform in due to their larger populations. They would assume that booking a show in a big city would give them the best chance of performing to a big audience. They would vehemently turn down traveling to smaller country towns to perform as they would consider it a waste of their time. This was based purely on the assumption that the crowds in these smaller towns wouldn't be big enough to meet their standards. We, on the other hand, would go wherever the shows were. We just wanted to play music to whoever would listen. I got an email one day from our booking agent that was asking to confirm multiple dates for an East Coast tour. We were asked if we were interested in hitting the road to play a line of shows with three other bands. All of the performance dates were in capital or large cities, aside from a singular performance that was booked in a small country town, a show that was intentionally organized to fill an otherwise empty night. I remember one of the bands voicing their disappointment at this small town show, calling it a waste of time. The other bands seemed to agree, which caused a small protest to form that demanded the show was cancelled and rebooked in a larger city. Our booking agent told them that there was nothing better available and that small show in that humble country town had been confirmed and therefore must be played. On that night, 
I found myself outside the near-empty venue of this small country town, listening to all of the other band members whinge and moan about the show we had all just played. They were all very displeased at how disappointing the turnout was, and made it clear that they considered this show a waste of their time. And man, did they make sure that everyone knew exactly how disappointed they were. Earlier that night, I watched as two of the bands got up on stage and performed unenthusiastically to a confused and unimpressed, albeit smaller than desired, crowd. But my band didn't care about numbers. We had just spent a full day cooped up in a van with other sweaty band dudes, people that for some reason insist on choosing a van with windows that don't open as the best location to eat the smelliest foods we have available to us here on earth, and we were ready to play some music. We were incredibly thankful to be on tour and able to play shows nearly every night, especially when the other option was being stuck at home with nothing to do. So we didn't let the less than desired turnout bother us. We went out there and gave that handful of people who were generous enough to pay their money to watch us perform the show of their lives. That nearly empty hall may as well have been a sold out stadium. I mean, we would have preferred that there was a better turnout, but why would we take that out on the people who did show up? The crowd loved the enthusiasm we showed in our performance. They could see that we treated them with respect. And we did respect them a whole lot. It was because of these people that we were able to tour and play shows in the first place. If they weren't there, we would have been playing to an empty room. I had hoped that our energetic display might have added a little pick-me-up to the last band of the night that was performing after us. It didn't. That band played with the same apathetic attitude that was shown by the first two. The happy, buzzing crowd almost immediately returned to their previous state of confusion and low energy upon seeing this band's disappointment. And just when we thought things couldn't get any worse, the singer of that band decided to announce his disappointment to the crowd, suggesting in a very passive-aggressive way that they would have been given a better performance if they had brought more friends along to watch. <sighs> what a mistake that turned out to be. Several months later, I got a phone call from a local promoter in that small country town. He asked if my band would be interested in returning to perform again. Absolutely, I said. We would love to. We assumed that it would probably be just like the first show we played, a performance to a near-empty venue, but we didn't care. A show was a show, which meant we had another excuse to hit the road and play some music together. We were content in knowing that we were making a difference in the lives of whoever attended our performances, be it one or 1,000. It was something that we never took for granted. We arrived in the early evening, several hours before our allocated performance time. We loaded our gear on stage, parked our car, and began to walk around this humble little town. It was strange. We had hoped that people knew that our show was on, but no matter where we looked, there seemed to be no one inside. It was the closest thing I have ever witnessed to a ghost town. It was almost eerily quiet. Every light was off, every shop was closed, there was no one out on the streets. The more we explored, the more this small country town looked like it was abandoned. Fortunately, we eventually found something that was open, the local pub. So, like a moth to the only flame in town, we decided to head inside to grab a drink and some dinner before we went back for our sound check. 
As we opened the door of the pub, we noticed where a lot of the town was. Here, drinking. In a few steps, we transitioned from the eerie silence of the outside ghost town to the loud ambience of a lively tavern. Every person in this pub was enjoying themselves. Some people were watching sport, others were engaged in friendly conversation, but almost everyone was drinking copious amounts of beer. This was a welcome sight for us. We didn't assume that anyone here was coming to watch us perform, but it was at least proof to us that this wasn't a ghost town and gave us hope that we wouldn't be playing to an empty room later that night. We didn't even get two steps inside the pub before we locked eyes with a guy who was sitting across the room. He stood up and immediately began to walk directly at us with a very determined look on his face. As he got closer, I entertained the idea that he might have mistaken me for someone that owed him money. Boys, he said, how can I help you? I told him that we were looking to grab a table for dinner and asked him to point out the direction of the restaurant. Surprisingly, he insisted on walking us there himself. This was an incredibly welcoming gesture, but I assumed that he had noticed a few new faces and was going out of his way to make us feel at home in his town. As we made our way from the front of the pub to the restaurant at the back, we were met with a stream of high fives and greetings from those we walked past. Everyone is so friendly here, I said to our helpful new friend. Yeah, he said back, we're all hitting the beers before your show. It turns out that the few people we played to at our first show were so impressed by the respect we gave them that they felt compelled to tell the entire town about our music. It turns out that one of them bought our EP and burned a copy for anyone that wanted one. Yeah, our growth in that town was a result of piracy, but who cares? What mattered is that more people knew about our band and were interested in watching us perform. And a few hours later, we went on stage to play one of our favorite shows, a show that we all look back on with fond memories to more people than the venue could hold. The crowd spilled out onto the streets. Groups of spectators were squeezing shoulder to shoulder to try to see in through the windows. It was an incredible night. It didn't take long for word to spread about this performance. When one of the bands we had initially played there with heard about it, they booked a solo show of their own. They had assumed that they would see the same result that we did, a fantastic night spent with a room full of enthusiastic supporters. They ended up putting a bunch of effort into promoting their show, but no one ended up coming. It turns out that word spread just as fast for them too, about how little they cared for their audience and how disappointed they were with those who did show up last time. That specific show caused that band to stop trying to move forward toward their music goals and start to complain instead. They started to compare their music journey with others, which resulted in them stalling. This led to them blaming one another, pointing fingers at those they thought were responsible for the band's lack of progress instead of holding themselves accountable and navigating a way forward. It was only a few weeks later that they announced they had broken up. I have seen bands perform half-heartedly to the five people that attended their show, not knowing that one of the audience members was a talent scout that was considering providing them with a big opportunity. It doesn't matter how many people show up to your performances, you never really know who is in the crowd. You should treat every single show you perform with the same level of respect, regardless of whether it's an empty club or a sold-out stadium. 
You do this not because you are hoping that there is a record label executive in the crowd, but because any listener that puts in the time and effort to come to your performance deserves respect. You spend so long trying to get people interested in your music, so when they show up, nurture them. Don't get mad at glowing embers for not being a fire. If you stomp them out, you will have to start all over again. And trust me, you will find it much harder to get back to where you once were. Be thankful for whoever supports you. After all, these are the people that will help you grow your music career into the monster you want it to become. They are your most treasured asset, so treat them as such. Now, the example I gave was specific to live performances, but that isn't the only place this fame-chasing mindset can appear. It can pop its ugly head up anywhere, offline or online. Like, if you are continually disappointed at seeing low play counts, you will never grow. You will let your disappointment control you and make far less progress. The cycle will then continue and eventually cause you to give up. It is crucial that you realign your thinking to understand the truth. There is nothing wrong with aspiring for more, but seeing less than desired results is all a part of your progress. Never take your disappointment out on those that are supporting you, or you will destroy everything you have built. So what you heard just then was actually one of the chapters of the audiobook for the four-dimensional songwriter, How to Dominate the New Music Industry. But I hope you liked that little chapter, a little glimpse into the book itself. Um, if you haven't gotten your copy of The 4D Songwriter and you liked what you heard today, there is plenty more like it inside that book. And I mean, I cover a range of topics in that book, so it's not just like what you heard today. It actually stretches across a whole bunch of topics. But anyway, I know you're absolutely going to love it. So go and get your copy at the4dsongwriter.com. Now, I'm looking behind me. Where is it? Trying to see the box. I think I only have like less than 10 copies left. Like it's crazy how quick these go and I can't see them staying around for much longer. So if you've been on the fence about getting your copy, now is the time to do it because I said I was only going to do 100 copies and they went like super quick. So I said I'd do one more run. And uh, yeah, as I said, there's only a few left. So if you've been on, if you're on the fence about it, now's the time to get it because as I said, they're going. And once they're gone, I'm not sure if I'll do another run. And I know that it is absolutely going to change the way you operate as a music artist. Um, so I definitely want you to get your copy, right? So I keep telling you to get it because I know you are going to love it. But you might be sitting there going, Jason, I've already read it. Why are you telling me all about this book? Well, I hope you loved reading it. <laughs> so anyway, have a fantastic week. Uh, as I said, I'll be back at it very, very shortly. It's not too long. And then I'll be back at it with brand new content. So thank you so much for staying around during this little two-week break I had to take. And yeah, I guess I'll see you on the next episode of I Am Northbound. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the I Am Northbound podcast. I hope you loved it. Why not check out another episode? I'm sure you can find one right below wherever you found this one. But before you do, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Come subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to watch these episodes as videos. And it would mean the world to me if you could share this out to your followers. That way you can help me help more artists change the world. Little did I see.